what is the one material throughout this whole chapter three? What's the one material that keeps coming up? Gold, exactly. Why do you think gold keeps coming up? Because it's significant. It has value to people. It's significant and it has value. Why is gold valuable? If I made a sword out of gold and the pastor had a, a sword made out of iron and we clash swords together, which one do you think would break first? The gold sword, exactly. So, my question to you is, why was gold so valuable? Okay, shiny, it's pretty. Okay, that's a good one. What it takes to make it. What do you mean? What it takes to make it, because gold has to be under a lot of pressure and heat to be gold, and um, it's like pure. Mm -hmm. It's pure, because gold is cold. Oh, I'm thinking. Of, I am thinking of diamonds, but I know with gold, the more pressure because if you take it out of fire too early, gold is brass. It still has a lot of the impurities yeah. still in it. Yeah. So, yeah. but brass, if you try to sell a brass, a, a um a piece of brass, a brass bracelet, and then try to sell a gold bracelet, the gold is more pure. It takes more to make. Um, Gold and it does to make brass. Well, let's think of that 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 word you use, purity, because there gold has some quality qualities to it that make it valuable, and what you're saying touches on that. Um, one of the uh, qualities of gold, Sister Elizabeth said, it's pretty. You know, it's shiny. Well, it's also malleable, which means it's easy to be worked with. Mm -hmm. So you can bend it. You try to make a. a a gold ring, it's much easier to make a gold ring than it is to make an iron ring. Okay, and then the resulting ring is prettier. So for jewelry and decorations and things like that, gold is like, you want gold. It's what you want. Uh, back then, it's also, and even now, one of the things that makes gold valuable is that it does not corrupt. Gold doesn't rust. You go and you find out, uh, they find these shipwrecks in the ocean. And you have gold that's been in, in the shipwreck under the ocean for 400 years. Yes. You take it out and it still looks like gold. You, know, you might have seaweed or, you know, some uh, animals may have secretions or something on it. You, you wipe it off and it's gold underneath. Other, other metals such as iron, you put iron under water... That long, you come back 400 years, you'll be lucky to find where it used to be. Yeah. You put silver. Silver tarnishes. It turns black. As valuable as silver is, it corrupts. But gold itself, is it's incorruptible. Mm -hmm. You have gold from the time of the pharaohs. You have gold from whenever. But the value of gold is, number one, it's, it's pretty. That's a big one. For a, certain, uh, for a certain audience, it's pretty. Number two, it's malleable, which makes that pretty easy to get to. Number three, it does not corrupt. Nowadays, they use gold for electronics. Same thing. Conducts electricity. 
you know, conducted well. So gold has, though it's not, though it doesn't seem to be the strongest thing in this area, it's much more desirable in another area. And why do you think God would choose a metal that has these qualities to adorn his temple? Why do you think God would choose a metal to have, that has these qualities to adorn his temple? It's pretty, it's malleable, or easy to work with, and it's not corruptible. Why would God choose that metal? <laughs> I think Sister Dia has a response. What's your response to it? Those reasons. Exactly. God, when God does anything, you look in the Bible at anything God does, he never does anything for one reason alone. Sure, he sure he wants the, the temple. What what the, the historians will tell you, I feel like they found the historians will tell you. But when, when archaeologists look at the temple and they look at the accounts of Solomon's temple and they see how beautiful and ornate it was and they suppose that God wanted or that this supposed that Solomon wanted a temple that showed his God to be more powerful in the region, a testament to God's grandeur and glory. That's true. But God didn't just want that. He built the earth for that reason. Mm -hmm. All right. When you look at a sunset or you look through the through the woods on a snowy day and the snow is just falling just that that one moment when you open your eyes and the snow has just stopped falling and it's like silence that goes on for miles or you watch a waterfall the water cascading down like thunder and you can see the majesty of God in all of that then you look at his temple Made by the hands of men. This is the temple of God in the temple of God. The world is the temple of God. So you have the temple of God in the temple of God. He's showing even through the hands of men his own power, his own glory, his own majesty. All of these things. And then, not to be, not to be, put into a box that this is all he can do. God inside of these things show you other things about himself. The beautiful purple curtains. Alright? You've got colors that you don't see everywhere. It's not like, like the pastor said. You couldn't just go to Walmart and get a purple curtain. Right. You know, even in the time of the American Revolution. Alright, let's fast forward to 2000 uh, uh, over over 4,000 years, well, over uh, 1,500, okay, that's not really important, but more than more than 2,000 years, okay, like, like 35 or 34, something like, okay, I'm, I'm losing, I'm sorry. You look, you fast forward in time, into uh, to the time of the revolution, people, the, the, the crown in England, the, the amazing thing about the red coats, the, people didn't just have a lot of red clothes. People had, like common people, they had gray. They had beige. They had brown. Anything that, you know, things that uh, that would fade in there in the laundry. But everybody didn't have bright red. When you saw the red coats coming, that's, that's Britain's army right there. Mm -hmm. Or then Napoleon with his blue, that blue standing out. It's like, oh my gosh, here they come. 
And it was a sight to see. We don't have that kind of awe inspired in us because you can go to, to the dollar store and get a T-shirt that has blue and red in it. All right? Purple. It was a combination of blue and red. Royalty. Only royalty was allowed to wear purple at one time. Nobles weren't all up in purple. Look at the church. In the Church of God in Christ, um, the, the, the clergy shirts, the, the ministers and elders wear what color? Black. Once you become a bishop, you can wear what color? Purple. This is the Church of God in Christ. Bishops wear purple. And then um, general board, they're purple. But only, only the presiding bishop in his robe do you have that crimson, which is that deep red. All right? The colors have significance. So you're not just black like the priests to sacrifice all for the church. You're not just purple like the bishops who are up in the hierarchy, the rulers of the church. And you're not crimson like the presiding bishop whose color represents, is a symbol of Christ, the one leader of, of everything. See, these colors have meaning. So when you look right here and in verse uh, verse uh, 14, chapter 3, he's talking about they have the curtain. He made the veil of blue and purple and crimson. All of these colors in flat, fine linen were in the curtain that was right there in the Holy of Holies. Mm -hmm. So it all comes together. And God wants, these are things that when the people walk by and they see that curtain, it looks different than everything in their life. Mm -hmm. Everything in their life. Nothing in their life looks like the curtain there. They can't even see beyond into the Holy of Holies, where the gigantic golden cherubs are with their wings going wall to wall. Remember the length of the wall, 30 feet walls. You got cherubs that are that tall with their wings going wing, uh, uh, wall to wall, and the wall, the room is a cube. The people don't even see that. But you know who does see that? The high priest, he does. He sees that. All right, and when he sees that, it does to him what the veil did to the common people. And God is showing, even in the presence of his, of his spirit, he wants the priest to see all around him how God wants his people to be. Not just pretty, not just malleable or able to be worked with, but untarnished and untarnishable. 